Hello and welcome back, lovers. Uh, what what do I do here? <laughs> welcome to you gotta love it. Oh, you yeah, just well, like threw yourself off by just being like right out of the gates, just super super friendly. Yeah. Welcoming. Welcome to you gotta love it, the show where you tell us and the rest of the world the things that you love that we might have missed. The show where you can come to discover the best things you never knew existed, and the show where you can force us to sit through the worst entertainment you can find and say, well, you gotta love it. My name is Koji. I am, I, I forgot to do this, right? Part-time, uh, what am I? I don't know, part-time Apex player, full-time post-birthday celebrator. And with me as always is my good friend and soon-to-be birthday boy, Andrew Patterson. Yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. I don't think I've done that in a while. No, I th- you may have forgotten to do it the last couple times. Yeah. I forgot about that. We're back. We're back, baby! Again, I keep saying that every episode, but this episode is extra special because it is the birthday edition of You Gotta Love It. So I thought we would start with some birthday presents. Okay. <laughs> I see. Now I see why you wanted to hold off. That's right. Uh who goes first? What's what's the plan? Did you have do you have you planned out the whole thing? We're just gonna like No, I have not planned out the whole thing. Uh the only plan that I have right now is that I want to give you your gift and then give you your card. Because okay. the gift is good, but the card is also good. Okay. So uh you have to get yours? Man. Okay. I'm so, so frustrated be- only because this will make sense at a later point in time in the future. Yeah. Now knowing that I've likely forgotten to put in 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 my hurry earlier today to put part of your gift in there yeah it is so well suited to our podcast oh so well you can describe it because i don't want i don't want to this is an audio medium anyway no it's fine i'll 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 give you what i brought yeah uh i'm pretty excited to give you what i brought and then maybe i mean it won't be a birthday edition but maybe i can just give you the other part on a few because i feel like it You'll see. I, it's like it's like it's saying anything else about it would spoil it. Okay. Uh, so here's what I have to say about this before I give it to you, and then I'm going to do the whole card thing. But uh, I ordered this with you in mind, and it will make perfect sense when you see it. But know that um, I didn't know what I was getting. There's a random element to it. Okay. Right. Like I ordered a thing. They gave me three of that thing, but I wasn't sure which three they would give me. Okay, cool. Interesting. So, yeah, uh, that's this. All right. Are people, people going to be able to hear the unwrapping? Probably. It is wrapped in Christmas uh, wrapping paper because it's all I have. Also, excuse the poor wrap job because it is Man. the last of. No sweat. <laughs> I made it look like a record, and I guess there's a record in there. <laughs> that's amazing. What's funny also about the record that's in here Oh man, that's incredible. How did you, uh, so to describe what I've just unwrapped, it is a authentic original hand-painted production uh, animation still from the Sonic the Hedgehog animated series. Yeah, there's three of them in there. That's so um, crazy. So, but sorry, go on. I wasn't sure. So that's the random element. Like I didn't, I ordered cells from Sonic the Hedgehog, but it didn't let me pick which cells. So. That's so sweet. Uh, yeah. It still blows my mind. Like when I went to school, we weren't painting cells anymore. Right. You know, like Daryl's got a bunch of them like framed in his hallway. Yeah. <laughs> I like this because if you look, you can see the original. Oh, yeah. Drawing. Oh, that's so crazy. But yeah, so it, it is an original painted animation cell from when they used to. Yeah. And they paint it on the back. Frame by frame. That's the crazy thing. Yeah. They paint it on the back and the, the, the ink work will be done on the front, I imagine. Sorry, am I not talking directly into the microphone? No, you're good. Okay. So sick. Are you ready for your card? Yeah. What? Is it a digital card? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Check this out. The... What? Wow, that is incredible. So, uh, I don't know if you guys could all hear it. Uh, Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But it is a video card from none other than FX or Dave on FX's Gata. 
Yeah. The hype man. The hype man. That is amazing. Yeah. Have it, does Neve know that? No. She loves Gata. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'll send that to you. Oh, that's incredible. I'll send well, that to you. The, but I, you may have won this. Uh, you may have won this. But the, the, this is funny, though, because where were we that we saw like 80 copies of this? No, it's here. I have like four of them. Oh, it was here. You're yeah. right. That's why, why I you have so many copies of this record. I thought it would be extra funny if oh, I put that record in there. That's amazing. Um, oh, yeah, thanks, I've been. Thanks, I, man. I've been that's sitting a great on, gift. It's super on that video for like six months. That's incredible. Yeah, Gata uh, forever. Since the beginning you, of the pandemic, you'll you'll probably get this. It might take a second, but I thought it was hilarious when okay. I saw it. Here we go, baby. Yeah, take it out of that Ziploc. Okay. It is a t-shirt in a Ziploc bag. Oh, I won't look at the other side yet. <laughs> and it says... Oh, amazing. <laughs> it is, uh, uh, I don't know, a graphic of, of Nick Nurse reading load management in the style of the Descendants album cover. So good. And the, so the guy that did that is based here. Uh, his name's Tristan. He's got a website called Half Good. I'll pull up the actual, like, we'll do, like, a proper shout-out later. But yeah. he, he is obviously a Raptors fan. Yeah. And he had done a couple of illustrations that were, like, inspired by, like, classic punk albums or classic records. And yeah. then, like, he just, like, changed some elements of them. And I fucking thought that was so funny. That's amazing. I was just, like, and the fact that it says load management, yeah. perfect. So well done. That That's that's really good. And uh, it's, it's so, it's kind of niche and funny in that it's, like, punk rock meets raptors very specifically yeah well what i love about this type of thing is that you know if you're walking around a city like okay well just like raptors for example you see another person wearing like a raptors jersey there's that it's like the jeep wave you right. know they're so they're so common though like you're not gonna like stop and talk with every person but there's kind of like oh yeah this guy check and see what jersey it is if it's like not you know, Lowry, it's a bit more obscure. You might be like, oh yeah, like this guy gets it. Right. But something like this, like if, if there's no pandemic and we went to a game there, you know, there'd be specific people that would see that and they would just be like, oh, that's fucking amazing. Yeah. And like, th that's like a deeper level of like, some people might be like, I don't really get it. It's just a funny drawing of Nick Nurse, but there's going to be like that percentage of people that overlap. They're like, oh yeah, I love the descendants. Right. And I love basketball. And they just be like, oh. Yeah. That's fucking great. That is that's awesome. Uh so part two to, to be received at a later date. Uh you'll you'll see. Okay. Stay tuned for part two, guys. Uh okay. So sick. Now on to the episode. So this week we are talking about Disney's Mulan as the You Gotta Love It. And um the hidden gem is oh my god, why am I drawing a blank here? Help me out. Oh, Primal. Um, an animated series on Cartoon Network, I want to say. I'm not yeah. sure where one finds it. I found it on the internet. But uh, it is... Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. So, uh, well, actually, no. We're there, right? Because yeah. we start with the uh, the hidden gem. Start with the gem. <clears throat> uh, it is an animated series on Cartoon Network that is non-verbal. Is that yeah. the best way to put it? Well... I mean, so... There's no uh, dialogue. I mean, have you watched the whole thing? I've watched three episodes. I have not watched the whole thing, but yes, as far as I know, um, it is nonverbal, but it's it's similar in that the, 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 the important to mention is that the creator of the show is the guy that did Samurai Jack. Yep. Um, Tartakovsky. I always say Tarkovsky, so I have to look it up real quick. Gendy, yeah. Gendy Tart Tartakovsky. Um so I feel like it is very similar to that in some respects. There's characters that spoke in Samurai Jack, but it was like a very, like Aku, you know, like the, all the characters around him, but he's like a pretty quiet, stoic type character. And it's kind of, kind of similar. I mean, it's definitely uh, similar in, in that regard, but I, I mean, the animation is slightly different. Yeah. It, uh, we should say it's about a caveman uh, and a dinosaur. And they're sort of romp through the, um, I don't know. It's like a fictional prehistoric world. Like yeah. there's stuff in it that to our knowledge doesn't exist in, in real prehistoric life. And also the fact that there are cavemen 
coexisting with dinosaurs, dinosaurs that probably didn't overlap. But right. um, so there, you know, there's a fantasy element to it. Um, uh, when I say romp, though, that's not exactly true. It is extremely brutal, uh, extremely harsh, and yeah. uh, right out of the gate, you're slapped in the face, and you're like, the tone is set, yeah, pretty strongly. But it still has like comedy. Like there's still darkly comedic aspects to it. Oh, for sure. And and it, and the one thing that I will say struck me the most that I think is really great about it is that it really captures like as something that's nonverbal. Yeah. They do a really fantastic job of communicating emotion, emotion, and um, you know they can deliver jokes without it being like a slapstick gag. Yeah. They're still like gags, but they're like, you, you're watching it and it's just, yeah, it still feels uh, somewhat grounded, but re- really well done in that regard. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I don't know what more I should describe. I'll just give away the first episode, I guess, spoiler alert a little bit, but um, the show opens with the caveman's family being eaten alive by a dinosaur um, and him going uh, or attempting to go on a murderous rampage, it becomes clear that he is uh, obviously clearly distraught by the death of his wife and children. Um, and he wants to just take it out on all dinosaurs that he can see. Uh, but of course, it is realistic enough that he is just a man against these giant beasts and can not really do much. Yeah. Uh, and it goes from there. But, but it is graphically violent. Uh, you see the children and the wife get fully eaten. Yeah. And, and then a similar scarring event happens almost immediately afterward. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it is very brutal. Primal is like a good, perfect title for it. Um, the one thing that I'll say that I wanted to mention, just, you know, a converse, maybe even during Apex conversations, I may have brought it up a little bit that... Right. Uh, Tom, friend of the show, Tom was, did not agree with me about and was almost upset. Um, one thing that really surprised me about the show. Yeah. It's so weird. I don't want to come out and just be like super critical, but like I didn't, it, the quality of it was not what I was expecting, which is kind of a weird thing to say because it, among our circles and what I've read, it was like very critically acclaimed. Like people loved it. Yeah. And I think one thing that I've kind of always had is that a lot of our friends really enjoy the sort of, um, you know, direct to Blu-ray release DC and Marvel films, you know, like the Justice League movies and, uh, um, you know, Death Death in the Family, like all these, these um, you know what I'm talking about. Like right. They're almost like, like Bruce Timm style uh animated right like direct to to video releases and i have found which is really strange because like i you know for anybody listening that that doesn't know i went to school for animation i've done a bit of work uh very little but um you know i switched over to illustration design pretty quickly but i'd worked at some studios so a lot of our friends are active actively in the animation industry Mm -hmm. Uh, and i love animation but i've always struggled with um not always i shouldn't say always but there a lot of those shows i just can't get into oh that's Um, interesting yeah i like i I like them a lot actually yeah i can't i don't know what it is but it needs to be like uh either really unique or like a really high level of quality or a comedy like say clone high or you know close enough um or i just really struggle with it and so you know, when I, when I first saw the concept art and the, the promotions for Primal, I was like, oh, sick, because Samurai Jack is amazing. Yeah. Um, style, from a style perspective, it's amazing. And I kind of, you know, I was excited for sort of something along those lines of quality. Mm-hmm. But I've also been spoiled by things that are like anthology films, like even like Animatrix, uh, Gotham Knight is another one, or like more recently on Netflix, like Love, Death, and Robots. Yeah. And when you see these shorts and you see what people are capable of now, like even, even, um, you know, when we were in school, we'd always look at, uh, the French animation school, go bland, like at the, the student films. And a lot of those people have ex- industry experience. So it's not like they're just like, you know, 
college kids or whatever that are making these films. But right. I just came, I, I've come to sort of like the bar has been raised significantly for me. So, you know, I, my expectation is very high for a project like this. And when I saw it, I think that the, the drawings are great, but just as a bit of an animation critique, there's like, there were moments where I found myself feeling like I was watching a student film, not oh, a Go Blanc one, but like a, and when I said that in kind of an offhand way, it was just like, oh, I feel like the exact opposite. Like it's incredible. And I was just like, I can remember specific scenes. Like, you know, when he's on, in the first episode when he's on the cliff yep, and he's, he's basically contemplating suicide and then he sees his family in the clouds. Yeah. Like go back and watch that scene. And I didn't like that scene. Yeah. But, but it's just one of those things where like, you know, I'm very careful because I obviously I'm being critical of like, these are art. These people put a lot of hard work into this show. And I think that they're all very talented, but there was just like aspects of it where I'd see one, the consistency was off for me. I'd see one shot or like a still frame and I'm like, wow, that's fucking incredible. Uh And then like the next couple minutes, I was just kind of like underwhelmed by uh, it's it's almost like an anime, like where anime is like, oh, you can see the episode or the shots where they put all of the budget, right? Which is fairly standard, but it just anyway, it's it didn't prevent me from enjoying the show. I just felt like that. I think the hype maybe for me was like kind of ruined it a little bit because when I was watching it, I was like, wow, this is crazy, and I'm enjoying it, but it just wasn't like it didn't blow my mind as everybody led me to believe my mind would be blown. You know, like I was expecting like maybe like a it's not even the movement because like they you know still is stillness is just as important as movement to like communicate right things especially in animation but it's just like yeah it's weird sometimes the face looked like different his face looked like completely different like it was just it was weird to me it's interesting it i, I imagine it's somewhat similar to me when i go to live shows or at least used to now it's a little bit better because i've kind of kick the habit but when when i was playing shows myself very regularly i would go to shows and i it would be hard for me to just sit there and watch a band play i'd be like oh that thing they did that's cool okay like let's file that away later or like oh i don't know why he's using that gear or whatever it's just like all the nuances that come with playing you can't like turn off work mode or whatever yeah uh when you're looking at some of the stuff and because my experience was completely the opposite i was just like amazed at how well they were able to convey all of these ideas without any dialogue and um you know just a bit grunting basically but like it was very clear always what all the characters felt and their motivations and yeah all that stuff and so i was just like wow i'm not a huge animation guy uh generally like that's not i obviously love animation i love anime we've talked about it on the show many times but I don't watch a lot of animated series on a regular basis. Like, obviously, I, I watch Rick and Morty, mm-hmm. um, but that's about it. Like, you know, I don't I don't regularly sit down to a weekly show of animation or whatever. I do. Clearly, we we talked about Love, Death, and Robots and some of this other stuff. So, I am a fan of animation, but I'm not as well versed as most of our friends probably are. So, like, I wasn't even looking at that. You know, I I wouldn't know bad from good for the most part. Yeah. So I'm just kind of like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, no, I I think, and like I said before, I think like full credit, like it's all of those things you listed, they knocked out of the park. It was, it's purely like a technical thing. There was just some things where I'm not a, I'm not an expert, you know, and I'm not, it's not like I'm saying that, uh, yeah, fucking give me a year and I'll do better. It just was like, I've seen Samurai Jack. I've seen Clone Wars. Yeah. I've seen... And then I've seen a lot of other animation as well. And it's not like it's a one man show. Like a lot of, there's a fair amount of people worked on this. And I just like, you know, I, I, I can just, it, it, I can't help it. There's just things that popped into my head. I was watching it by alone, just like watching an episode of the show. And I was just like, there was a couple moments where I was just kind of like removed from being immersed in it by being like, oh, that was like, like. I don't know if that's like one of the <laughs> juniors did that shit. You know what I mean? Like, right. and it, I'm just kind of used to a level of quality, especially from other projects he's worked on where that is not the case. Like there aren't moments where I'm just like, well, that was kind of like a weird, you know? And I think that the whole stillness versus movement thing, which is so crucial in animation, there was parts where like I was watching the show and like, it would be like a dinosaur is like looking at something. Yeah. 
and like seconds would go by where nothing on screen is moving. Yeah. And again, like I don't have an issue with that in principle, but it just like, it's just, it's strange. Like I, I, I'm, there's even ways of making stillness feel like you're not just looking at like a still frame, you know, like there's a hat and then there's on the complete other end of the spectrum, you got like uh spum, you know, like, uh, Ren and Stimpy or Ripping Friends or Spongebob even where they'll put in those like highly detailed like still frames. Right. But that's like a that's so intentional that it's like a different thing than this. So it's just sort of like when it's done in the same style and like, you know, he's just looking at something through grass and nothing is really moving for like it just there, it, there was like a there was just an element of it that I just wanted them to push it just a little bit further. Yeah. And, I, you know, there's so many reasons it could be the case. Maybe it was budget. Maybe it was time. Maybe maybe it was intentional. But if it was intentional, I'm just saying that, like, those parts weren't necessarily for me. And I think that. Oh, see, that's interesting because I like that part. I like it. It's kind of like when you see like a deer out in the in the wilderness or something and it's like eating something and then it hears a noise and, and it puts its head up yeah. for a second and just like it ha- it doesn't move right like maybe its eyes move but it's just like standing there completely still yeah. being you know thinking like did i just hear that you know yeah, and then yeah. they they bolt that's kind of what it felt like to me it made it feel more out in the wildernessy for me anyway would you recommend this show i would definitely recommend it yeah because i think that uh <laughs> I mean, clearly most of my friends that are into animation would love it or already do love it. Mm-hmm. And anybody that doesn't have maybe as critical an eye for animation, I think it would be a welcome surprise for them to know that like it doesn't have to be Family Guy or The Simpsons or like an animated movie. Right. You know, like that there are, or even anime, like there are shows out there that are, um, that use animation as a medium to tell a story that are not, you know, I'm always looking for new examples of that to, to sh- share with people because, you know, I still frequently meet people that even like even Neve, like she loved animated movies, but like showing her like Spider-Verse, um, even like Big Hero 6, which is like obviously a big Disney movie. But it's like yeah. there's films out there where it's like it doesn't have to be like princesses and fairy tales or something childish or Simpson, you know, like I think that. I think in a lot of cases, some people don't even consider the Simpsons and family guy and stuff like that to be animation almost weirdly, even though it's clearly animation, you know, right. like they're just like, it's just a show. Yeah. But if you were to show them another animated show that wasn't obviously a comedy, they'd be like, this is weird. Like, why, why is this not just like live action? You right. know what I mean? Like, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I, I would definitely recommend it though, I think. And I, and I do want to f- actually like fit, continue watching it. Um, yeah, me too. By no means does my like my one criticism of like some of the animation being a bit underwhelming for me like detract from the rest of my enjoyment of the show. Because I imagine, as with most uh, animated series, because you know I did say that I don't watch a lot, but I have watched in the past. Uh, as the seasons go on, as the episodes go on, they kind of find themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, and the animation will tighten up and. You know, you look at those first Simpsons episodes as like the yeah. probably the ultimate example. But that that's what's so crazy to me is that I, I would understand if this was like their first rodeo. But like this guy, his name, he he's like a known quantity enough that his name is attached to the show. Right. And he's he's done these other shows that are like, it's not, I'm, what I'm trying to say is it's not just like some new people on the scene like this is like i expected the first episode or the pilot to be the craziest one and right. then for it to even out but there was just elements of the first episode where i was just like oh that's it just felt a little unfinished maybe um hmm. the writing the the concept the uh the art direction all of that is amazing yeah. like the the framing is amazing it's purely just like there was moments where i was like "Ooh, that's uh you know i don't know i just I had a pretty strong year. The people I graduated with were in animation where one of them went on to be nominated for an Academy Award like last year um, uh, or the year before, sorry. But in any case, the point is just like, you know, uh, a lot of them went on to work on things like Rick and Morty or work at Disney, Pixar, you know, Sony, all those places. Um, so there was a lot of pretty strong films, like like student films, Um and it just, so it's just, yeah, it's just like, 
You know, everybody's got a different opinion. Obviously, yeah. our buddy Tom, who again works in the industry, is very well versed in in what's happening. It just sort of like he he couldn't believe that I would have that criticism. Like he was so taken, so surprised that I was just like, yeah, parts of it were kind of, but I don't know. Maybe we'll have him on again one day so you guys can battle it out. But sure. speaking of critical reception, let's talk about our you gotta love it for this episode. Disney's live action, and it's important to make that differentiation. Mulan. Yeah. Live and in action. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, it is obviously an adaptation of the animated movie Mulan, which I did not see, which is an interesting really? wrinkle to this whole thing. It's kind of after my time. It's like my favorite animated Disney movie. There you go. So it's... It's actually funny because I... Top three, we'll say. We'll say top three. I had Elise with me, our producer Elise with me, uh, while we were watching the movie. And, and she obviously is right in that age range where it was like hit hard. You know, for, for me, it was, you know, I want to say Beauty and the Beast or Aladdin or something. That was Those were like, that's like prime Disney years for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but for her, Mulan was in there. She knew all the songs like, let's get down to business or whatever it is. I don't... To defeat... Yeah. The, well, there's also some questionable. Hey, we'll I'm sure we'll circle back on but questionable I, cultural. Right. <laughs> I had her with me, and I would constantly be nudging her and be like, "Hey, was this in the animated movie? Was this a thing, or is this new for this thing?" Because yeah. I have no context. But I don't know if that made it better or worse for me. It's quite a bit different. It's definitely different. I mean, I know that for sure because there's no music in it for one. Yeah. But. Um, I don't think I need to explain to people what this movie is about. If you want to find out, just watch the trailer um, on YouTube or you probably have seen the animated movie. I'm like the only one who hasn't seen it. Or even if you haven't seen both, you are maybe familiar with the the legend on which it's it is that story is actually based. Yeah. Um, what did you think? Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, did you enjoy I, it more so- or less than... The original. So, okay, for context, I've basically not watched any of the live-action Disney movies because it's it's so petty to say on principle, but, like, a lot of them seem pointless to me. Like, I don't understand why... Like, to remake The Lion King live-action and then animate in CG all of the, like... It just, I just didn't really get it. And people are like, oh, it's so for a new generation. But like... The old one is you, fine. The old one is fine. You could just show that. You could even just re-release it, you know, or just like people could... So, and they've been doing that for everything. Like they've been doing it, you know, there's Beauty and the Beast, there's Lion King, there's Jungle Book. There, and people would rave about these live action ones. And I was just like, I, I just really want to see, you know, the last like decade, maybe even more, has been so full of franchises and sequels and remakes yeah, where it's just sort of like remakes are an easy guaranteed way to make money, basically. And it's just like I want to see them investing all of the the creative potential into uh, new stories and new properties and even new live action it doesn't have to be animated. So it was kind of right. frustrating to me when I heard they were all the ones that are potentially coming down the pipeline, like there's Hercules in the works or whatever. And they're all kind of from. The, the sort of second golden era of Disney movies, like you're, you know, like Aladdin, Lion King, obviously. Um, when I heard they were doing Mulan, I was initially very bummed. But when I saw the first trailer for it, I was like, oh, this looks like they're making like, instead of, um, it, it just seemed like it was going to be sort of one of those Chinese epics, you know? Right. Like, like, a, like with like, like a crouching Kung, tiger Kung Fu, or Yeah, or like hero or something. And I was like, oh, this is amazing because it, it felt, right right away from the trailer that they were cha- they were making it different enough that it was going to feel like a new a new film and not just you could take shots out of it and compare them directly you know because i'm not really into that so right i i'm so before you go on i'm with you i don't like these disney shot for shot remakes or like you know they're putting the music in and 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 it is essentially just like a cg version of this you know, hand animated movie that they had before. I'm with you. I'm like, why did they do this? And uh, what what struck me as interesting about Mulan before I saw it uh, is I already knew that there was no music and they had changed aspects of the story 
some of them for you know, political or whatever right. reasons, but some of them just because. And I, I thought that was really interesting because I'm like, okay, so the core of the story is the same. This is it's about uh, you know this woman who is not allowed to fight because she's a woman, but she's good at it, and then becomes a fighter. And I was like, okay, that's a great core story. And you know the fact that they're changing it made it more interesting to see live action because if I wanted to see the whole song and dance of it, the whole like you know children's version, yeah. I could watch the animated one. Mm-hmm. But then I was thinking, okay, if I want to see a more not necessarily gritty, but like action packed adult oriented or semi adult oriented movie then i'll see i'll watch this one yeah yeah so that was interesting that um so one of the reasons mulan was one of my favorite films even even appreciating the potentially troubling historical you know like the 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 things they maybe wanted to change in this live action film um was because when mulan came out i was right at an age where I loved animation. I, I wanted to go to school for animation. I wanted to be an animator. And I grew up on all these Disney movies and cartoons and, and loved all of them. But I was right at a point where I was having this sort of realization that animation didn't have to be for kids. Right. And Mulan was the first Disney film that I saw that didn't feel like it was for kids. So it has music in it, but since you haven't seen it, like it's, it's quite, um, you know, if you go back pre-90s there's definitely darkness in animated movies you know that maybe you didn't pick up on as a kid but like there's some pretty twisted stuff right especially because a lot of them are based on fables but mulan was like you know there there was like disturbing the realities of war for example like there was like stuff in it that hits hard like um and even the the villain like there's a moment one of the scenes that stands out in my mind is um you know they're making it opens with them like coming over the great wall uh, and the bad guy, this is a quote unquote bad guy. And they're sort of advancing towards this, the capital throughout the movie. That's sort of the plot. And at one point they capture these scouts, yeah, like these Chinese scouts and the, and the, um, the leader, like the, the villain is basically just like, I want you to like, go tell the emperor that we're coming. Like tell, you know, like, I don't care. Like go, go let him know. And so the two scouts run, run away. And then he and the camera stays fixated on the villain and he just like looks at his archer, this like really like creepy looking guy. And he's just like, how many men does it take to deliver a message? And the guy just says one and draws an arrow. And then like when he releases the arrow, there's like a sound and the screen and it cuts. And I just like that was very impactful for me because I was still young and it was just like was see like, you know, you're just not prepared for something like that. You've seen Mufasa get trampled. Right. It's not that you haven't seen death in Disney films before, but this felt like you see like thousands, like a ruined army in the mountains, you know, like, like it's very, so it kind of had that impact and kind of stuck with me ever since that they were able to balance something that was, um, you know, watchable by families, but also had these sort of mature aspects. And that's, there's a whole other conversation in there, whether that's appropriate or not, you know, whether it's like, you know, maybe, uh, minimizing the effect, the scale and the scope and the, the damage that was done and all that kind of stuff. But so bringing that into this film, it was, it felt like it was going to be the live action version was going to be like that, but without the music, like you said, and I didn't know necessarily what they were going to do. I wasn't really following it. I knew they probably weren't going to have a talking dragon. I knew they probably weren't going to have like a, a sort of cricket that is a character. You know what I mean? Like all of these sort of, you probably weren't going to see spirits, but it still had those some of those elements, not like talking animals, but mystical um, mystical elements, which 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 was cool. But I, I I don't know. Like I think that if you just take this as a movie in a vacuum, detached from any controversy outside of it, it's just like a it's a good movie. Like it's an enjoyable film. I think. Like I think it's so, pretty. Let me just level a few critiques before I get into what I liked about the movie. Yeah. My biggest problems with the movie was the actual magical element mm-hmm. of the things. So I think it would have been more impactful if she was just a good warrior rather than having this like chi. Chi, yeah. You know, because I don't know if that was in the animated one or if it wasn't. No. But it, it's not necessary. Yeah. Right? Like why not just, she's just so good at it. 
Yeah. You know, it kind of diminishes her as a strong female character if she's like endowed with these magical powers. Like it, it's right. pointless. And I know for a fact the witch character wasn't in the original. No. So, I mean, you can cut that out entirely. I understand that she's a mirror for Mulan. Like they want uh, another somewhat strong, but not, you know, whatever female character on, on the evil side to sort of balance it out. Evil, quote unquote, side to balance it out. But I didn't think that was necessary. I think that if you're going to make the changes that you've already made to the movie, take the magic and the phoenixes and yeah. all of that stuff out of it and make it more of a, you know, she's she's trying to fight this like gritty battle and, um, you know, the only way for her to save her squad is to expose herself as a, as a female. I don't mean physically expose herself, obviously, but... Yeah. Um, and, and save them. She doesn't need the magic. Yeah. But that being said... I've seen a couple of the live action Disney remakes. Like I haven't seen, um, you know, you mentioned Lion King. I didn't see that, but I, I, I saw the jungle book and I thought it was fine. Uh, but this has been my favorite one so far because of the fact that it just, it felt based on the Mulan property as opposed to here's Mulan again. Yeah. And I would love to see that now, obviously with Lion King and jungle book, that's, kind of hard to do because you need talking animals to pull that off well maybe not to primal's point maybe you don't need it but like generally speaking you need that kind of stuff to pull it off right but if if they did uh, i'm trying to think of, a, of another you know hercules as an example instead of this like bright shiny happy world maybe it's about warring gods and whatever and the morals are the same but it, it is more of a you know ya movie as opposed to child's movie yeah yeah, for sure. Um, one, th- there are two things that I thought were really cool as somebody that loved the original that I think some people probably picked up on and maybe some people didn't. One of them was that the songs were there without lyrics. Like yeah. they were worked into the score, which was just like a nice nod without just being like super on the nose. And the other thing is that at the end, spoiler alert, <clears throat> when... Uh, the battle is over and she's being presented to the emperor. The woman that presents her is the original Mulan. It's Ming-Na. And, and she's like, she has one line. Yeah. She introduces Mulan, but it's like a, it was just like a really cool kind of like wink, 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 nudge, nudge. Like it was like Mulan introducing Mulan. Right. But because in the original, you probably didn't know what she looked like. She basically looks the same. She just like hasn't aged and like, yeah, 25 years or whatever. But um, I thought that was really cool. It was kind of like a cool way of, you know, showing some respect to like what, what came before. And uh, it, was just, it was subtle enough that it wasn't just like, oh, come on, like eye rolling. It was just like, oh, that's that's cool. Yeah. Um, now, I will say we haven't talked about it and I don't want to go into too much detail about it really just yet. But one of the reasons this is you got to love it is because it got a pretty rocky reception with critics however most of the criticism wasn't levied at the movie itself but some aspects of the movie namely that uh the star of the movie the uh, actress who plays mulan uh, came out as pro chinese government slash pro chinese police which the people did not care for also uh all the uyghur uh land and uh sort of slavery debates that are going on or somewhat pseudo-slavery. I don't, I, I I can't really speak on that, that that are going on in China. And they were saying that some of this was shot in, um, occupied territory. Mm. Uh, so there was a lot of that surrounding the movie. So I don't think a lot of people actually, uh, took a gander at it. Yeah. And then add to the, all of that, that the way that they released this movie, like I'm one of the people that subscribed to Disney plus immediately when it was made available and then the pandemic hit and you know, theaters have not been worth like you haven't been able to see movies in theaters really. Um, and their way of getting around that was to be like, okay, well we did it with onward. You could see onward in theaters. It was right on the cusp, but they, they made onward the, the last Pixar movie available on Disney plus, but then they were just like, Oh, we're going to add like a premium version. So it's like, It'd be like if Netflix is like, hey, we're releasing a movie, but you now have to pay like an additional $30 to see this movie, even though the whole point of the subscription you're paying for is access to our content. And I wouldn't have even been mad at that if it wasn't 
so expensive. It was it was almost more expensive to watch it streaming at home than it was to go to a theater and see the movie, like for one person's ticket. Right. Well, are you and, happy to know now that all of their future movies uh, are coming out on Disney Plus and they won't cost an extra sum of money? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, it's not, it's not even... Lesson I, I, learned, I think. Yeah. I understand the idea. It was just like the execution was terrible. Well, let me ask you a question. What if... How much was it? First it was like thirty one ninety nine or something like that. Would you I pay thirty one ninety nine to see Tenant in your home right now? I don't know if I'd pay thirty one ninety nine. I wouldn't even think about it. I would. That money would be out of my wallet so fast. I'd be watching that movie immediately. I guess for me the issue is just that something like Tenant, like I want to see it so badly in theaters specifically that oh, like I I would wait. But like. It I just, do want to see it in theaters, but I, I also just want to see it. I think for me, the issue is just, I mean, we've had this question in the past, how much would you pay to see this movie? But yeah. it's never been contextualized as like, you're stuck at home. So now it's just like, I, I don't mind paying. I obviously don't mind paying for content, but I think that um, content creators, or at least the people that are delivering the content need to really think about that context. Like, even if you have a 60-inch fucking, you know, QLED, you have the craziest TV and you have a surround sound system, maybe then if somebody's like, okay, you can pay $30 to see this at the highest possible quality at home, does it, like, even out? But it's like... It still doesn't even out. I mean, mean, seeing something in a crowd with, like, mass reaction and stuff, it's just... That's just better. It just just doesn't... You know, you got to... Even even when I'm on like the PlayStation Store or on demand on cable or something like that, and you yeah. look at the prices they rent things for, like who's fucking renting movies for like th- these amounts of money I guess. in today's day and age? Clearly, people are doing it. People, but, yeah. Uh, it, it's almost like if you shaved a couple bucks off of it, I probably wouldn't think about it. If it was like two ninety nine to rent most things, just so that you could watch it one, even watch it once, or like have it for twenty four hours, like. I do that absolutely, but half the time it's like, you you know, you log into, you turn on your PlayStation and it shows a, like a movie that's in theaters and you're like, watch now, like exclusively on PlayStation. I'm like, sick. Yeah. And then I click on it and it's like $14.99 to rent for like 24 hours. I'm like, $14.99? Yeah. I'm what, what are you talking about? Remember when <laughs> Blockbuster like... was $5? All right, people. Are you ready? This is the new section of the show. Love it or leave it. Mm. I think I know where you're going to land on some of these, but let's just let's just go right straight for it. Uh, historical fantasy. Love it. Love it. Uh, even in the context of Mulan, not that I think we both like the movie, so I'm, yeah. you know, just straight up love it. Okay, I'm also love it. Uh, I prefer more historical than fantasy most of the time. Yeah. But when when executed properly, uh, or even. No, that's you know what I've I've changed my tune entirely. Not thinking about it, like I enjoyed the Great Wall, yeah, you know, yeah. and it is ridiculous. <laughs> I but I enjoyed that movie. So historical fantasy, love it. Uh, Disney adaptations, leave it. Yeah, for the most part, if they if they if they, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I currently I am also leave it. Even though this was my favorite of the adaptations, if they if they continue to go in this direction, I will continue to watch them and see what they're all about. But uh, even this one, if it had never come out, I wouldn't be upset about it. So Hercules has the potential to be amazing. Yeah, it really does. With that full stop, like it just there's enough in that area of history, like of that pantheon, you know, that like I could watch movies about those legends and stories. Like they're just there's so much to, to tap into there. But if they try to just do a fucking verbatim retelling it's just like why there's so much more you could explore there bring back kevin sorbo and ryan reynolds or um ryan Ryan gosling Gosling. uh okay art versus artist debate and by that i mean what we were just talking about with the uh the star of mulan and you know separating the art from the artist uh how do you feel about that I feel a lot of things about it. It's very tricky. I don't know if I can just love it or leave that one. I I think uh what do hmm. you think? I want to say leave it only because I think it's very um 
it's very difficult because much like anything in today's day and age, you can find data about, like <clears throat> to give an example, Johnny Depp, shit's hitting the fan with Johnny Depp, you know, there's so many things he's been a part of. I mean, now he's sort of not a part of those things anymore going forward, but it just gets really tricky for me when people are like, okay, well, boycott Mulan. And then, you know, you could just make the argument like, okay, well, here, I'll give you, I'll look up eight other examples of things that are coming out that people are excited about in music, movies, and art, and writing. Right. You know, and you tell me if you're just going to not participate in any of those things. And that's fine. I'm not saying that you shouldn't, if you want to take a stance, take a stance. I just think it's like people are so selective about all of these things that it becomes almost impossible to, so it's sort of just like, look, People are going to, whether they're in films or they're making music or they're artists or not, everybody's going to have perspectives and you may agree or disagree with them. Yeah. I feel like that can be separate. It can also be part and parcel. It's just like, I don't love, I don't love having those conversations. Right. I think, you know, obviously, like you said, it's a case by case sort of scenario, but in general, I'm a little bit tired of these conversations because I feel as if uh, each time you have the conversation, unless it is something that is really, um, that I feel really strongly about, it's hard for me. Like, I, I feel like the severity of it, it gets lessened every time because it, it wears you down a little bit more and a little bit more. It's almost not that it is a one-to-one -one comparison to the boy who cried wolf, but you know what I mean? Like, um, you, there are certain places where you want to take a stand, like, you know, say a Brian Singer or something. Yeah. Where it's like so atrocious that you're just like, okay, you know, fuck this guy. I'm out. Yeah. But in this case, not that I agree with the Chinese government or the, or, you know, suppressing of protesters, but I, I do at least allow for somebody to have that opinion. And it doesn't mean just because they have a different opinion that I should not, you know, watch what they've created. So, like, if I found out that my favorite, you know, I'm trying to think, my favorite uh, musician was a Trump supporter. The drummer from System of a Down? There you so. go. I'd Well, that's not my favorite musician, but no, if it but was, yeah. I'd be like, well, that fucking sucks. Yeah, it happened with Brand New. But I would, well, that's different. Okay. See, uh, that's where I draw the line. Trump, yeah, 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 Trump sure, support yeah. is, is like an ideological sort of, we disagree on this, Absolutely. but, but I, I, I understand you're where you're at. Like, as long as you're not a flat out racist, that's a different story as well. But you know, like idealistically we, we're opposed, but I'm okay with you having an opinion that is different than mine and I'm going to still support your art. But yeah. you know, brand new is a, is a, is a great example of like, okay, you did a, a thing that you really shouldn't have done. Yeah. Uh, and it's clear that you are guilty of this thing. It's not, it's not like up, up in the air. Yeah. I think I'm out. Yeah. So fair enough. But every time I hear these, these conversations, it like we're, we live in a, in a world of outrage culture and I feel as if we should only get outraged, uh, about specific things and mm -hmm. not as often as we do. Right. Unless it's warranted. Well, one more thing that I'll add to that is that I think uh, this has bugged me for a long time before it became, dubbed outrage culture and really like kicked into overdrive say in like the last five ten years or whatever and the, what annoyed me was that you know i found it funny how many people would go to clubs or bars and or play at parties certain musicians that were like classics without clearly without any knowledge of what was actually being said in the lyrics particularly in rap music, which I love. I'm not saying you shouldn't listen to that music, but I think that it's important, you know, and this is why I feel so strongly about people engaging with any sort of creative media that they are, are like intaking, you know, whether it's music, visual art, books, movies, TV, whatever, um, is just be, be, it's not even about consistency. It's just like, if you're going to say like, uh, oh, I find, this new rapper's lyrics uh disgusting they're so demeaning towards women or you know there was the whole tyler the creator like well you know and i was i was one of these people i was just like you know 
he's got all these like anti-gay lyrics or something. But the reality is that like if you were to listen to like Biggie Smalls or like most rap that people love pre-2000, there is like blatantly, not like, not vague. There is like straight up like gay bashing or homophobic lyrics. There's there's all kinds of this, the same stuff. And I think that it's just, it was always crazy to me how people would just like pick and choose. And it, and it really, but like if I, if I was just like, Hey, do you like this person? And somebody would be like, Oh, are you kidding me? And then they just fucking flip on like something where I'm just like, are you, how am I crazy? Like, how are you not seeing this, the, the similarities? And right. so it, it kind of like bugged me that always bugged me. So now it's still kind of the same thing where it's just like, I'm happy if somebody wants to draw a line, but to, it's just hard to impose that, you know, on, yeah. say that everybody else should be like that or that we should, you know, House of Cards, also kind of different, but that last season when they got rid of Kevin Spacey, yeah, the shit just like hit the floor. Like nobody, most people I know never finished that show and, I, and it largely because of what happened with Kevin Spacey, I assume. Right. And it was just crazy because like, I think that's a brilliant show. It's like one of my favorite shows of all time and it's really disappointing and upsetting that the sort of central character turned out to be somebody who is, you know, maybe up to some yeah, uh, less than desirable things, but it also built Netflix basically. It's just, yeah, it's just crazy that like all of the people, all the creatives, everybody involved with that show kind of, I don't want to say they suffered because obviously there are, there are actual victims, so to speak in, in this whole situation, but it's just, right. it was crazy. It was like, they did what, we would want all of these other things to do. They just completely removed in, in like a summer. <laughs> yeah. They're like, okay, let's just completely write this person out of the show. Even though he's the main driving force of this, of the of the overarching plot. And it was just like, you know, I, I would think that type of thing should be rewarded. And, and it wasn't really, people were just like, well, fuck him. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it was like, what? Well, Fincher will be fine. Apparently he just signed a huge deal with Netflix for a bunch more content. So yeah, well, finish uh, get them to finish Mindhunter for crying out loud. That's I don't think not I don't bad. think that's on the list. But what if he drops Social Network too? How good would that be? I'm Ooh, just like baby. I got season tickets. Yeah, I'm in. Okay, love it or leave it. Living in the wilderness. Watching Primal made me think like, can I survive out there? Leave it. I think people who know me know that that's how I feel. I'm kind of secretly into it. Like, I would like to try some survival-esque, you know, some bushcraft, if you will, at some point. But, uh, yeah, I understand. It's not for everybody. Um, okay. How about nonverbal entertainment? Love it or leave it. Now, I immediately, and I was saving this. I didn't mention it when we were talking about Primal, but I immediately thought of Headlopper. Yeah. While watching Primal, I was like, oh, oh man, yeah. that would be amazing. What, what a... God, that'd be good. Andrew McLean, if you're yeah. listening... I mean, it's not quite nonverbal because he has that witch head that, that speaks. Yeah. But it is very, again, stoic. He doesn't speak at all. But uh, how do you feel about uh, all of these things coming out without, uh, you know, I purely visual? Love it. I like it. Yeah. I'm, I'm into it. it. It's because I think what I'm, I like it because to do it well requires a lot of effort and skill. Like you, yeah, you get it's tough to do that. Right. You know, there's a reason why everything has dialogue in almost everything has dialogue because it's very hard to hold people's attention. If you don't have some form of communication, that's like, you know, that's just such a, such an easy way to communicate things. Right. I'm with Talking. you on that. Okay. Lastly, adult cartoons. Love it. Okay. I, I love, I think, it's weird that it even needs to be called adult. I understand, obviously understand I'm not, it's not a criticism of you phrasing it that way, but like I've, I've always, you know, since I was a teenager and I was like getting into anime and stuff, been of the mind that like, we don't need to, you know, in the Western world, we still think of cartoons, like animation as cartoons and therefore for kids. Yeah. But you know, consider something like the Mandalorian where like they're shoot half of that shit, like over 50% of that show is animated. You know what I mean? Like they're, 
there's there's so much animation and special effects in in live action stuff we watch now. Right. And I think that people just need to appreciate that animation can be such a uh, <clears throat> a great tool for telling a story and doing things that you can't do in live action. You know. Totally. Completely agree. Well, that's it. Uh, do you have any recommendations for us? Oh, I didn't. This is like maybe the first week that I didn't come prepared. I could definitely think of one. Why don't you hit me with it? Um, I will recommend uh, the, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know if I recommended this before. Did I recommend the book Radicalized? I don't think so. By, by Cory Doctorow. Um, there's a, I mean, he's pretty well known at this point, but um, like a science fiction author named Cory Doctorow. Um, I think he's like Canadian British, something like that. But he, uh, he put out a collection of four short stories called Radicalized, I think 2019, last year, that, um, you know, was nominated for all these prizes and has been on bestseller lists. And it is really, really good. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's called Radicalized. I think it's like four stories of our present moment. And it's like science fiction, but it's about, there's four stories. The first one is about, uh, it's called uh, Unauthorized Bread. And it's basically about what would happen in a world where um, every, since everything is a smart device, like it, right down to like your toaster and your toaster only allows you, it only accepts certain bread from certain outlets. That's where it starts. And it's about people that start jailbreaking their devices so they can just like make their bread however they want. Yeah. So it's com it's kind of comedic, but it's not. It's like pretty dark. Um, Sounds Black Mirror-ish. I was about to, I was going to wrap it up by saying if you like Black Mirror, you would absolutely love this guy's writing. But um, my favorite story in it is called uh, um, The American, I think it's called, uh, oh, um, fuck, what's it called? Something Majority? Why am I having such a hard time remembering? Anyway, the part, the the idea of the story is that um, it's like Superman and Batman, but they're not called Superman and Batman. They're called the American Eagle, and I can't remember what Batman's called. He witnesses police brutality, like ra race racially driven police brutality, and he interferes. That's like the first page of the book, and the rest, of, or the first page of the story. It's like a hundred page story, and the story is about what happens next, and it's it's so smart and so thought provoking because once again, it's, it's quite dark, but it's this idea that like, you know, these very real social issues <clears throat> and these things that are sort of like a plague on humanity right now and all of these political problems we have. And it's just like, well, what if, what if like Superman, you know, like in a perfect world, we could solve them with this. And it just shows how very believably how people would react to it. And it's, it's just incredible. It's basically just like, you know, uh, police and um, people who are pro-police and the certain aspects of certain groups within the government basically start spinning it like this alien, you know, he, he doesn't belong here. He's against police. He's a vigilante. And it just shows how quickly the narrative can turn when all he wanted to do is be like, hey, you guys shouldn't be doing this. Right. Uh, and even the person, the, the, the black man who's, who's being beaten in the story even turns on him. Like everybody's basically just like, you just need to stay out of it. And it's just, it's really well done. Anyway, uh, get it where, you know, support your local independent bookstore during these pandemic times. Get it, get that, get it on audiobook if it's available on audiobook or ebook. It's, it is, it is. I'm currently great. borrowing it from the Toronto Public Library as we speak, or at least placing a hold on it. So it's amazing. There you go. Uh, I, 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 just to say, I enjoyed it so much that I immediately went out and bought four more of his books. There you, there <laughs> you go. <laughs> so I guess we'll report back later. Um, my recommendation is going to be a band by the name of man dancing, all one word. Uh, I don't know what to say about it. If you like any of my previous musical recommendations, you probably like this one too. It is in a similar vein. Um, yeah, check it out. I don't know that I'm going to put any music at the end of this episode, uh, like I used to do because it seems like since everyone's at home with a pandemic, people have been cracking down on that shit. So, uh, <laughs> just get it where you get music, man dancing. All right. Thanks guys.
Until next time, keep loving it.